Welcome everyone to episode 50. Woo woo. Of what? We did it. That's right. Fabo. <laughs> yes. Welcome. How's everybody doing? Great. Feeling, feeling 50, 50 and fabulous. That's right. <laughs> That's right. No, no. You guys look like you have more wisdom than 50. <laughs> I feel like uh, COVID gave us all wisdom enough for like a hundred year old person, right? <laughs> it just to get to get to the next level. Episode fifty, Dana. We're on episode fifty. Yes. Oh, uh, halfway. Wow. <laughs> right. We're two more weeks, and we're fifty-two. Well, no, that's not. I was that's not fifty-two weeks because we stopped doing it. Okay, yeah, but anyway, fifty episodes still. Yeah, we're almost to syndication. 
Oh. There you go. <laughs> 100 episodes. Yes. Wow. You get to play this podcast over the internet for the rest of time. <laughs> right. Like, like I, that's just my joke for my TV joke. Um, all right. I, it's, it's not in our thing, so I'll try to do it in 10 seconds. Who knows how syndication came to be in television? Anybody know? Wasn't it I Love Lucy? Yes. It was just a trivia question. Yes. Oh, okay. Oh, it, was the guy, it was the guy who invented the peanut butter. George Washington Carver. George Washington Carver did it. Are you calling back my material? I've been doing that joke a lot. I've been working on my joke. Oh yeah. Did you guys see the trailer for the Lucy movie with Nicole Kidman and Javier Bardem? I have not. Oh my gosh. Gotta check it out. It's pretty damn nice. I'm excited. All right. I'm going to check it out. That'll be for... Uh, the, uh, I, I want to talk about it next Oh, okay. <laughs> Wait, well, what happened with the syndication thing? Are we going to oh, hear yeah, that sorry. story? Oh, um, so when Lucy and Desi um, created... They, they had their show. Um, I think they were on CBS. And CBS uh, did not want to pay for it. Um, so they said that they would put up... Either they put up all the money to produce their first... 100 shows mm. or half but at least all of it and then cbs offered them a deal to buy the episodes after that but oh, that's wow. how syndication came to be even though now it's not as though like you know it's not like blackish is fronting money to produce itself but this model of after 100 episodes we can you know we you still get money came from their work because they because cbs uh, if, if, and if that's again if my memory serves me would not front money so they were like well we have the money what if we do it and then you guys mm. pay us on the back end. And mm. so the agreement was to pay that they would pay for their first 100. Oh, the, there you the, go. the structure of 100 episodes and then you get this, you get residuals. It comes directly from what they did. Um, wow, oh, that's yeah. amazing. Well, you know who just got paid some uh, syndication money? <laughs> uh, I don't know if it's just Seinfeld. Uh, hopefully it was everybody, but maybe it's just Seinfeld. <laughs> and Larry <laughs> David, maybe only. But uh, now the entire what is it? The entire uh, collection of Seinfeld is on uh, Netflix. Oh, nice. got, I know he got paid a fat stack. That's I hope gonna other be people, a nice. That's gotta be a people, nice deal. Yeah, I hope yeah. other people got a, got yeah, a little whoever, bit. Whoever, whoever's got creation, you know, creation rights on. Oh, the then maybe just him and Larry David. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> maybe just <laughs> maybe Elaine wrote a few episodes. I hope, know. man, because that's that dude. They, I don't know who's not buying to syndicate that show. Like that thing's <laughs> it's on everything. Yeah, well, man. They're already getting syndication, and I'm sure they're way they did way more than 100 episodes. But this is a whole nother level of more income off of this property. Oh yeah, I think they were saying he's getting. I don't even want to misquote it. I don't know. We'd have to look it up. But I know he's he's getting a lot. He's getting a sure. lot. Not like 10 or 20 million. I'm talking like it has to be like 50 or or way more. Uh, these celebrities, they have a lot of money. I, mean, I don't even so, know, like, what the know, fuck like, you do with that kind of like? Didn't didn't Seinfeld <laughs> give his? No, that was Clooney. They gave his friends like a million dollars each one year for his birthday. Like, and then Ice Cube, you know, he threw away nine million. Oh, right, right. Segway for that right. movie. Oh, um, hell no. Right, which is bananas. Like they they've been in the works. Um, but for the record, just as a fact to go into the pot. A hundred million is the worth of Seinfeld. That's the deal that they Yikes. they did. Um, so oh, that's what they paid you know, friends. Oh, huh? friends got that too. Oh wow. Yeah. But that's but that's like Marta Marta Kaufman and Bright, the people who created it. But this Ice Cube thing is interesting because, like, they have they've been in this deal since June. Like they partnered oh, with Jack wow. Black and Sony, and so since June. So I think it's interesting. You know, like I feel like did you not know in June? That it was gonna come to this, like, or did you bless your heart? Did you think we were gonna be able to skirt it? But like, if y'all been in this deal since June, then, then I I have to believe you knew how you felt about the virus, and you have to believe that, and I have to believe that you that that you knew you were gonna, I mean, not the virus, the vax, and that you were gonna have to take it. So I I don't know. Like I'm feeling like I, here's the thing. It looks to me like that Aaron Rodgers Green Bay Packers situation. Mm -hmm. you know? I don't know. Like, are y'all familiar, Victoria? Yes, he lied and said that he 
No, he told the truth um, when they asked, are, are you vaccinated? And he said, yes, I'm immunized, which means yes. I have immunity, but I'm not vaccinated. And he caught COVID. They busted him and he got in a little bit of trouble. They patted his booty lightly. <laughs> but like, um, what's, um, but he got slammed on Twitter by Jimmy Kimmel yesterday. Ooh. I don't know if y'all saw. It was very funny. He just said, if the vaccine is so great, then why are people still getting COVID? Jimmy Kimmel clapped back and said, if you're so great, why haven't the Green Bay Packers been to the Super Bowl in 10 years? Oh. <laughs> right. <laughs> it gets to the gut. ugly. <laughs> to the gut. This to the gut. Every, oh, everybody, wow. like D.L. Hughley, everybody was giving uh, Jimmy Kimmel mad props for that yesterday. Damn, that's um, a good one. <laughs> but, I, but, I thought, but I thought about that, you know, with the, the, the Ice Cube piece that you, you know, when you're part of a team, obviously partnering business-wise on a film is different, is a little different than being on a football team. But you got you to me, you signed on to the team in June. And oh, yeah. and now you June to November, and now you like, I'm not, I'm not gonna play after all. We didn't, you know, we ready, we're trying to go down to Hawaii to shoot, you know, whatever. Anyway, oh, yeah. I don't know, I think no, yeah. He he even was started a program to help people get masks. Yes. And even uh I believe made shirts too uh to promote that. So it's interesting. He's pro wearing the mask and to support it sounds like support uh people being vaccinated or at least masking up, then not getting it. I don't know. He has a right not to get it, but it's right. still it, it, it well, sounds I weird. Well, it doesn't to me. It doesn't to me because I know I, um, I think well, what he's trying to do is just say mask up regardless of your choice. I think what he's yeah. trying to do is just politely say that if you choose not to get vaxxed, I can respect it because obviously yeah. he's not. But wear a mask. Um, yeah. Comedian Godfrey, like comedian Godfrey is not saying whether he's vaxxed or not. I love him. I don't think he is. I'm not in judgment, but he's all, but he tests like, you know, because he's touring, he tests right. every week or tests, oh, that, you know, yeah. very frequently. And tests are now free, so people can't really say that that tests are cost prohibitive because you can test for free. And um, and then uh, Godfrey believes in masks, so I think it's uh, that's Ice Cube situation. I just think he got this is sticky nine million and he's walking away. Yeah, no, yeah, I I, I think in his position he's very fortunate uh, as anybody who can walk away from that kind of money, right? Because mm -hmm. how, how many people in their lifetime will even literally be able to touch and make and play with even a million or two million dollars? Stick me twice. That's all I'm saying. I'll take two back. Give me the nine. That's all I'm going to say. Now. Oh, yeah. yeah. Half the price. Is, is a, sorry. Go ahead, Sam. No, no. I was just commenting on stick me stick me twice for half the price. Like, that's what I thought. That, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> but, yeah, no. Ice Cube, Ice Cube has always been really strong and opinionated about what he's going to do from the beginning right. of the game. And he really doesn't trust people starting something and switching it up. So I know he partnered up in June. Maybe he got together with Jack Black. There's a lot of productions that don't require mandatory vaccination, like true. Black Panther. And at, after the fact, producers require mandatory of everybody. And he was like, everybody who? Like, don't get me to flipping tables up in here. Oh, hell nah. Y'all do it on y'all own because I'm Ice Cube. Don't make me write a rap about y'all ass. Hit you, hit you with the bop, bop, bop gun. The bop gun. Right, because I will do a this rap if y'all keep running your mouth. But like, it's he hasn't been speaking on it. He really is not trying to influence anybody whether they get vaccinated or not. But he's very clear about what he's going to put in his body. And I'm all for it. Oh, no, yeah. People should be respecting it in that sense. I think one of the things they could have done too is even compromised and just said, okay, so if you're not going to do that, then you have to be tested every day. Exactly. Right. And I'm solved. sure it was a power play. Yeah. And they were like, no ice cube. You're going to do like everybody else. And he was like, no, actually, I'm not. I could own you if I wanted to. No, yeah, he don't. He don't need that money. I, I was reading some more yeah. about what he owns and <laughs> and mm -hmm. some stuff that he does. Yeah, he don't need the nine million dollars. <laughs> and he stepped away hard. from another project right before then. So yeah. he also he might just be in a mood like he might be in a like, I'm not for it mood. Go ahead, Sam. Mm -hmm. This is this is the second movie too. Like it's not. I think this is what what Dana was asking about. This is the second movie that he has to back down from oh, because of that. his vaccine. There's another movie that started shooting right before COVID started. Yep. He's starting it in like March, and then now they have to basically just like rewrite the movie 
so that his character I don't know dies in the beginning from some mysterious disease that there was a vaccine that of, and then we can continue the rest of the story like that's, that's how weird. It Okay, but I'm confused about that, Sam, because like if he like so you're saying at the start of COVID there was no vax. Like what's what's the No, no, it's just because <laughs> of the the movie stopped because of COVID. The shooting stopped and like oh. didn't continue. So now uh, if it's gonna come back and back. he's he's a Not known anti non we don't want to say anti-vaxxer. Like he's a known he's just not backer vaccine. out of project because of yeah. yes, pro-choice. That's a very good word. <laughs> uh, but like he, like Stefan was saying, like his opinion changed, or I don't know something. Like some anti-vaxxer bit him. Like I don't know what happened. He was very pro-masks, and then suddenly just flipped like that. And yeah, uh, yeah even if he doesn't need the money, he apparently needed to, to appear on something. Mm-hmm. That's why he, awesome. he said yes. He said yes to this project. So I'm, what I'm saying is $9 million can fix whatever side effects the vaccine can give you. You'll be fine. Yes. <laughs> How did it take the shot for $9 million? Yeah. <laughs> it comes with insurance. Like what disease will you have that will not be cured with $9 million? Like, come on. Right. I mean, who, el- who else uh, would not take the shot for $9 million? <laughs> if someone offer me $9 million to inject myself with something, I will know I'm either going to get superpowers like Wolverine, but either way, it's going to ruin my life. So I like, it's just too, you ain't got to offer that much. It's something wrong with that that shot. Do you want the shot for 9 million? That's how X-Men get created. (laughs) $9 million to take a shot. And you know what's funny is the name of the movie too, right? Because that's what he told oh, him. Oh hell no! no. Right. <laughs> I told my wife that the other day. I was telling her that we were doing doing uh, the thing about Ice Cube. So I was like, Oh no, no, yeah, <laughs> you know, yes, yeah. Well, I know. All the headlines jumped on that. Oh hell no! <laughs> oh Not hell taking no. the vaccine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was surprised that wasn't the article too, right? In Hollywood Reporter. You know, oh hell no! Ice Cube says to vaccine. <laughs> I, I don't know why they didn't use it. It's perfect. I don't Okay, can we make Ice Tea replacing Ice Cube jokes now? No. <laughs> you know, I really want to know where Ice Tea is on the vaccine. I mean, I feel like he's getting his check. He got vaccinated. Oh I, yeah, I'm sure. There, he's you know, been doing he's he's been doing TV. TV probably you know you. They know you got you got to work you got to roll with the punches to yeah. get TV money, and I think you know TV money. You know what? It's interesting. Speaking of just the Law and Order franchise period, not not to go too deep. Like that, they've been on TV a long time. Though we have watched those folks go from very smooth skin to more makeup over yeah. time. <laughs> if you know what I mean, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like. That's all I can say. Like I was, I saw maybe special victims, and was it Chris Maloney? Like uh, Chris Maroney, what's his name? Because I actually like, I like him though. He's such a great actor. He's in SVU, I believe. I think it's Chris Maroney. Um, is anybody correct me if I'm mistaken? Um, no idea. But um, I was pretty much like, I would help if I could. Oh, Maloney, 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 Maloney. Because he's Maloney. Maloney. He's done great film work, but I just, you know, crow, crow's feet. Like get white men in a special way. Like their crow's feet look eighty. They could be fifty, and their crow's feet look eighty. Like I, I, you know, just bless them. That's all I can say. Anyway, reparations. That's all I can say. <laughs> crow's feet reparations. Yeah, I mean, just that's what I'm saying. I we got it. You know. Death metal band. That's right. Uh-huh. <laughs> Sounds like a crazy metal band, Sam. Yeah. Crow's <laughs> feet reparations. Yeah, yeah. It literally does sound good too. There you go, Dan. That's the name of your new band. Crow's right. Feet. Dan is in the building. Dan is in the building. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Hey, Dan. All right. So we Hold have on, a everybody. special guest, don't we? Yes, we do. Are we ready? Like, I oh, yeah. am so excited to bring up our guest. He's a musical artist. He's an indie singer, songwriter, producer, musician. He has been doing music all his life, but he finally felt his his inspiration from his mom and he'll tell you about that in the interview to really open up during he's the pandemic. Amazing. Yeah, and he's amazing. yeah, Dana, Dana has experienced him. 
I've worked with him through the Biden-Harris um, yeah, right, right. during the campaign. Uh, he has a, I'm going to say, world-renowned remix of the thong song that y'all going to get to hear today. Oh, say, don't give it away. Let's let him be surprised. And, like, like, we were. So, like, And we can talk about that when he gets on. Like, like literally, I mean, we'll talk about it. Like, when he started singing, you guys are going to see why it is so amazing. Because we're like, what is he you know, anyway. so we're gonna bring up now the artist Unendings. Woo, Come woo, on through, Nick in the building. Ooh, what's going woo, on? Woo. How you guys doing? Thanks for having me. We're yeah, so happy hey. that you're here. That's what we're doing. So I yes, mentioned welcome. in your intro that you were inspired by your mom, um, yeah. and it's because you know during her passing that was something that you knew you had promised her. So can you tell me a little bit about your relationship with your mom and yeah. how that affects your relationship to your music? For sure, yeah. Yeah, so I, I grew up kind of a single or a, an only child. My mom was a single mom. Um, <clears throat> she got uh, divorced from my dad when I was pretty young and kind of fell into like real heavy depression and had a bunch of health issues. I ended up kind of taking care of her kind of from a young age. And it was just like the two of us for a lot you know all growing up my entire life and um yeah i i did music as a kid i was in the metropolitan boys choir which is the same choir that prince was in i'm in minneapolis here prince country hey. it's funny because like our choir director used she was like an old old lady and she used to say like oh prince was such a nice young man it was so <laughs> nice having him in the choir you know so i was like i always did music kind of like uh secretively like i was in choir and in choir you're always kind of like part of a larger group you're not really out and out front and stage and i was comfortable kind of being part of an ensemble or being kind of like behind the scenes but never really had like a desire to be like out front or on stage um but um anyway as life kind of went on like taking care of my mom kind of became a bigger and bigger part of my life i actually even kind of like left my job to take care of her um when i was like in my late 20s um and i was in the meantime like making music like secretively and not telling anyone i'm kind of a weird dude in that way i don't have like a typical music musician story it's kind of like this thing i was honing my craft like kind of secretively in my basement and like not really telling anyone and i was <laughs> so like busy kind of working taking care of my mom like i just didn't have time to like i always wanted to like put out music finally start to share but i just like between being kind of like shy about it and then having like um putting like all of my love and passion like into taking care of my mom i just like never made it happen but my mom and even like i have like stories from like when when i was younger like i we used to drive around and listen to, like billy joel on the radio or something and and like we'd be singing along and she would like slowly kind of like stop singing so she could hear me sing. And then I'd get embarrassed and I would like stop singing too. And she was always like, you got to share that voice you have, you know, like I was in choir and I was like, you know, we toured in choir and I sang solos at orchestra hall, which is kind of like the Carnegie hall of Minneapolis. And even in college, like trained to do um, like trained to sing like opera type stuff. Ooh, wow. um, so I was like, you know, doing music, but always like really shy. And she was always like, you need to open, open up and share this with the world. And I just like never made it happen. But as she got like more and more sick, um, I kind of just like made a promise to her, like that I would, that I would, um, bring this out into the world finally. Cause I don't, like, I don't really have it in me to do it for myself, but like between mm. my, my partner, my wife, Michelle and my mom, like kind of urging me kind of has really got my, to move my ass and get moving on it. So way too late, should have started many years prior. Mm. And I kind of regret that now, but you know, doing it for her kind of gives it meaning. And a lot of what I write about is, you know, Putting the thong song aside, <laughs> a lot of what I do is um, really informed by like my experience with her. You know, she she went through hell, man. I don't, I don't think I know anyone who suffered more than her through like physical ailments and mental health issues. Um, but she never like lost her generosity and her love. She was like such amazing, loving parent. We often fought because shit was hard. <laughs> And, you know, we, you know, I, I lived with her so I could take care of her, which for like a dude in his twenties was not 
great for me, but like I needed to be, you know, by her side. I decided to make that a priority in my life. I didn't want to leave her behind. Um, and so like the, the tension we had, the love we shared, like the, the way she kind of never gave up on herself. I mean, there were times I think when she just wanted to be done, but she stuck around, I think for me and Um. like, you know, the fact that she kind of, the fact that she, I mean, in some ways she was like the strongest person I knew, despite the fact that she was kind of like always in bed, you know, like always, um, you know, struggling, like there was something really tough about her and really loving about her, despite all the pain she went through. Hmm. And for me, that's a real inspiration and a real gift. And so, yeah, so that kind of inspires my music a lot. The grief that I had, like after she passed, which is about five years ago now. Um, and just kind of like, kind of figuring out what that all means to me and what it means to care for somebody and to kind of sacrifice your own plans and your own dreams for, for that. Um, you know, like that's the kind of stuff that I grapple with, I think in in the music that I write. Um, yeah. So Mm. that's kind of a little background on where I've been. I can relate with you, uh, in a, in a very, uh, similar, similar level. Yeah. I I lost my mom about yeah, eight years ago. And oh, sorry, uh, yeah. before I lost her, my wife was pregnant. <laughs> we were hoping, like, we'd have a babysitter. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's not the only reason. But, you know, I, I can definitely, I'm with you on that, man. I yeah. wish that I started comedy uh, right. literally eight years ago. Mm-hmm. Like, where I would be would definitely be. I, I'm, I'm appreciative of where I am right now. I don't want to sound off like I'm ungrateful. <laughs> but I know, I really feel deep in my bones I'd be a lot further than where I am. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But, you but know, that's you make... grief, though, you know? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. The last five years after she passed, like, I thought, I'll get this music thing going. And then I kind of fell into my own kind of, like, depression. And oh, right? yeah. I don't even know where that, I mean, I know where some of those years went. But, like, <laughs> the first few was kind of, like, pretty rough, on, pretty rough for me. Because she was, like, my mom and kind of, like, my best friend and kind of, like, my child because i took care of her mm. and wow. she was kind kind of became like my vocation too you know like because at, toward the end i was like full-time caretaker for her so it just like when she would she passed like it was like my whole world thank god i had michelle like mm. if i didn't have my wife like um and like a lot of really good friends like i would have just been lost so wow so, yeah a lot, you know kind of but i think that pain like it you know if you're an artist or if you're a comedian like that pain is that's fertile soil, you know, for, right. for creating. And, um, so it's, you know, it's a part of me and it's a part of the, the, the art I make. So my condolences. So, yeah. Thank you. Yeah. 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 yeah well, you know, we all will, we all have, or will go through this, you know, like it's something we all, I think too much about that shit now, frankly, I got this puppy and I'm always like thinking about, you know, like, Oh, one day, you know, it's like Michelle, my wife's like, why are you gonna, you know, like, I just, you know, it's in my mind, but, but yeah, I mean, that's, I think, you know, I think comedians maybe, maybe even more than musicians, I think comedy, well, I always say that like comedy is like uh, medicine, you know, and like, and I, not just for the audience, but for yourselves probably. And I think, Wow, I hear the, I yeah. think more from musicians. I think you guys have the upper hand, but I think as artists, period, no matter whatever your whatever your medium, whether it's your voice or instrument, there's an opportunity for healing. Um, and so, but it's weird that you think it's us. And I know as a comic, I like I feel like all my woes. I if I could sing or play an instrument, I think I could probably get more stuff out faster. But like, cause when I'm in the car singing, but you know, but the, but the, but it appears that the gift I was actually given is one for comedy, and not necessarily, certainly not for singing. Um, you know what I'm trying to, um, uh, but I, so I, 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 I think we're all just artists in that regard, and we have a special yeah. opportunity to heal ourselves and to channel healing for others. Um, and you know, and you, and you have such a great fertile foundation for healing just because of you know your you know your your life with your mom and all of that so yeah i mean and 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 to me when i hear your music there is such a rich level of of no matter what the subject matter there's a, a rich uh, spirituality there thank you so. <laughs> oh yeah no that uh i can like i said i can relate and i agree there you know it really helps with the creativity and the fertile you know it's really fertile soil for lots of uh creative stuffs 
And like, um, <laughs> and sharing that story, I mean, this is an example right here, talking to you, uh, but like, just sharing the story, sharing the music is like, I've gotten deeper connected, more deeply connected to people mm. in my life that like, like wow. a lot of people have gone through this kind of thing. A lot mm -hmm. of people hold grief, you know, and um, have experienced loss. And so it, it's a universal thing. And uh, it's brought, brought me closer to a lot of people too. So like, you know, I think that was kind of like one of the one of the like promises I made to myself after my mom passed was like, cause she was very, because of her depression, like she kind of cut everyone out of her life or, I mean, mm. not like intentionally, but that's kind of what happened. And it was like, mm. I kind of made a decision, like, cause sometimes I feel like I'm on that precipice too. Like I could easily mm. kind of fall off that cliff. Um, but I kind of decided like to try to be committed to like sharing what's inside because mm. that's actually like what bonds us for real. Like you can, you know, you can be like funny and like talk to, you know, you're, you're like friends and just kind of shoot the shit and, tell jokes but like to get into that real shit like is i think what brings you closer ultimately and so yeah i don't, I don't not that i'm always like you know heavy into this shit every time i talk to anyone <laughs> close to <laughs> i like to joke around but like you know that kind of stuff is a venue for con real connection and so um so i i cherish it even though it's pain you know so well i, I will say before i really understood comedy uh, or I was really, I mean, you know, I've seen things because of my dad and my mom, but mm. what got me through high school was music, mm -hmm. all music, mm -hmm. all the pain of high school, all the bullying, all the bullshit, all of the, you know, uh, wow. clicky shit that drove me nuts. You know, oh, you can't sit over here because you're not, you don't play football. Oh, you can't sit over here because you're mm -hmm. not Hawaiian or you can't sit over here because you're, you're not bald and like swastikas. What? Um, you know, <laughs> yeah, we had a lot yeah, of really shit. fucked up people uh, <laughs> back then, too. But, you know, the music uh, really got me uh, through it and really, you know, helped me, you know, uh, whether it be metal or Michael Jackson, just pretty much all the music. I, I don't think uh, and I mean this honestly, uh, if I didn't have music, I don't know if I'd be here today. Wow. Same. Yeah. I think we can. I think we all have a story in there. Uh, that's very powerful. Yeah definitely definitely my experience too yeah no oh, yeah it's definitely therapy i always put and on like the saddest shit too when you're sad you i don't know for me some people are like i gotta listen to something peppy to cheer me up but like for me it's like listen to something really sad and then <clears throat> somehow that like releases you could like you kind of take that yeah. burden off you yep or you or at least you feel like okay there's someone else out there exactly going yeah. through some shit right and that helps yeah, and you know, you specifically, you play with vibration and all different kinds of sound with your music. And I think, you know, there's a lot more going on with what you do and the way you do your music. Like, even just when I listen to it, it calms my system down. Just hearing awesome. you like hit a note and then it just vibrate across. And so like, it's, it's healing to people that are mourning. It's calming to people that need to be calm. And sometimes it's just like comforting. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I, I kind of have a question because your sound is so unique. Mm -hmm. It's so um, special. Um, how do you feel about the industry? And what do you feel your relationship is gonna be to the entertainment industry? Well, I mean, one thing I hate is how concentrated the money is and like mm. the, the publicity. Mm. I mean, that's true in every, I think, any facet of entertainment, the entertainment industry. You guys were kind of talking about that earlier, I think. Like, like you know, just, yeah, it's really hard. Now, I th yeah, I mean, like, and then if I was reading an article like recently about like how everything's algorithms now too, right? So that's like another thing that like funnels people's yeah. attention and interest towards like a few kind of th whatever's kind of really generating um excitement so which is great for those few artists that like kind of capture that but like to get on that train is really difficult on the other hand like there's never been an easier time to like be a musician like the tools we have like in terms of technology i've got like a whole studio full of like amazing shit that like in the 70s would have cost a million dollars and now it's afford you know, affordable <laughs> to people like me um and the ability to like share online easily so like it's kind of this weird juxtaposition of like 
there's never been a better time to be a musician and to be creative because you've got all these mm. outlets. But at the same time, there's like an insane amount of like funneling going on into like you know the things that you know like the artists that we all hear about every every day are like making hundreds of millions of dollars and then i like just as i become more of a musician myself like finding artists just here locally even that are like fucking amazing and you know you go on their spotify and they've got like 12 monthly listeners or something and it's just hard it's like heartbreaking it's like why can't <laughs> these people punch through you know like it's i think it takes what i'm learning you know i'm you know i'm just kind of getting started but what i'm learning is it just takes like persistence and it's something i struggle with because like when you like i always i was talking to a friend who just released an, uh, an album and it's really really good and she's like i've never felt worse and i was like i know that feeling it's like when you put your soul into something and then you release it and like you hear from like a few people and it's like fuck it's depressing, <laughs> you know? but you have to kind of like and i think everyone's gone through that one of the things that i read about that like give me gives me hope is like anytime you kind of see a band like getting bigger a lot, not always but a lot of times you'll realize that like they've been around for 10 years or something and yeah they, they've already released like five albums and mm -hmm. you know they're new you know like a lot of the times the people that win like the best new artist grammy are like people that have actually they, been around for years they've been around they're not new so, um you know yeah. you just got to stick with it and um, persistence yeah yeah, yeah. So. a lot of people talk about anderson pack like a lot like anderson mm. pack used to play all around usc and play like in coffee shops or the star something over there so there are a lot of, there's a community of folks, because he's a local, like, but to your point about musicians, people are out, you know, grinding. I remember when Lettucey, the great singer, got her her um, her new artist, her best new artist Grammy nomination, but Lettucey had been around for quite some time, like, because I'm a big fan of her work. And, you know, I had, I had some, at one point I had some early recordings and different things that you can't get now, but I was just like, when I was like, but you know, I was like, but she, you know, but th to have that on the resume is still a very important part of, of her career journey. But just to your point of how hard people have been working and for how long they've been working, you know, when we see the tip of the iceberg. Right. Yeah. So how did you come up with your band name? Yes. <laughs> it's hard to find a band name nowadays. I, you know, a lot of bands are just like taking words and misspelling them or, or like making riffs on other old band names and just changing one little, you know, thing about it. it's like every name is taken. It's like, but, um, uh, for me, I like part of it's like, I like the, I just like the way it sounds. Mm. There's something phonetic about it that, that appeals to me. Mm. But I also think like, because of like, I think a lot of what I grapple with is, you know, like the, I, talk, I think I grapple with a lot of like big, big themes in, in the lyrics that I write. And so um, the idea of like, whatever, the things that transcend, things that are like unending, things that really matter. Um, and so the unending kind of like, just that idea of kind of something a little bit bigger than just the day to day kind of is, I think, another part of it. So yeah, I think that's that's wow. Did you wanna play a song for us? Yeah, for sure. Stefan, look at your face. <laughs> we would love that. it. <laughs> yeah, I would love to hear a song. Sure. I'll play a song. It's a short little quiet little almost like a lullaby. It's called um Never Let Go. It's a song I wrote actually for my wife, but I sang it a lot to my mom too as she was um kind of like in hospice and stuff anyway but um it's a song that's on a live album that i released last year that i'm gonna re-release um next month i think and it's gonna be also on like my first kind of big studio album as well a different kind Woo! of so so it's yeah. a song that yeah it's 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 out there and it will be out there more and this is a little stripped down version of it so let me readjust my mic and we'll get going sounds okay. good sounds good loud cool all right here get a little water <coughs> hydrate hydrated <laughs> all right here we go
so good <laughs> that was so so i'm like your music makes me close my eyes and just think about my life and the people like that song made me think about the people that i love oh, yeah <laughs> there's like i can like I, there's something so special about your vocal to me and i just i totally get you know why your mother really wanted to you know get you to sing out and I'm sure she was listening to a different voice than the one I'm listening to today because you were a child. But there's this, there's a quality to your voice that's just very special and and the world needs to hear it. I just agree with your mom. And I'm so, you know, and, and I'm, you know, like I, I, I totally hear it. And Dan, um, who used to be, is, is our, one of our founders and team members, he's um, just cheering you on from the yeah, comments. I, Dan, Thanks, Dan. I see Dan on Facebook because he's one of those, actually a couple of you guys like that I'm not, currently friends with are like you know you might know dan like so i, I feel like you know he gets like suggested to me right. i, I kind of know dan a little i mean i've seen him around on facebook so i'll, definitely, I'll, actually, I'll, I'll hit the friend button now i've seen you in the ad me can you tell us what the inspiration is for your ep and also your upcoming album mm -hmm. in 2020 yeah yeah so the EP, so I'm actually releasing four EPs this um, this year, and EPs are like small, like short little albums. Um, and um, let me put the mic back. Sorry, this might be a little loud for a sec. Um, the EPs are like kind of more experimental. I'm calling them like melodic sound collage. So I do like sing like singer songwriter type stuff, but these EPs are like kind of more instrumental, just weird. Uh, worlds like kind of like sonic postcards describing like strange worlds so like there's four of them i'm on the i just released the third one which is like the first one is kind of like hallucinogenic and kind of trippy the second one was mm. kind of wistful and like beautiful the third one was kind of creepy and like foreboding <laughs> and then the fifth the, the fourth one will be like kind of it's kind of about death and unification and like peace and anyway, but like weird, but I, I've been recording like, um, 
I've got a studio that's full of like random instruments and noisemakers and synths and drum machines Ooh. and all sorts of cool stuff. And I also like to record like found sound. Like I go out in nature, I go out in the city mm. and I record like just sound I hear. And mm. basically, and I also like to stay up till four in the morning and like twiddle on these synths and things I have and, and make and like samplers and create kind of weird do stuff with my voice treat it and make it all all weird and anyway so i like i like sat down one day like last year and i took stock of like these hours and hours of like um sound i'd created and i picked out the best stuff and a lot of it it was kind of like a collage type thing where it was like okay this sound of like the highway and cars goes really well with this beat and goes well with this other riff that i did and i kind of just like started piecing things together and the, the music music started to kind of like tell me what it was it was like like this last album that i released that i was so, so it was kind of like foreboding and a little bit creepy like i realized that those six tracks that kind of clumped together and had that same vibe were all kind of like bringing me back really viscerally to like traumatic shit i'd gone through in my life like specific incidents in my life or mm -hmm. moments and so like that started so it's like the music kind of started to tell me what it was about and i then i kind of it became a conversation where then i started honing those songs to further kind of encapsulate the vibe that it was kind of telling me it was supposed to be so and it all of this music's been kind of that way so it's been kind of like um a strange this kind of mm -hmm. process of discovery definitely kind of an excursion from the the kind of big album that i'm working on which will be kind of like my main course coming up hopefully next year I'm just recording vocals. Everything else is laid down, but that album is um, much more like traditional, like songwriting with lyrics and everything. Thematically, a lot of it touches on like the stuff I already kind of described and talked about. Um, the sound of it is pretty varied. It's kind of like, I don't know if you guys, there's a lot of vocals. There's a lot of like big walls of harmony. There's a lot of like, there's a lot of percussion. There's a lot of, um, there's a bunch of like kind of savage guitar work, but there's, there's a lot of are piano. You, you're it's one man like, though. Are you collective. layering? Are you layering your vocals like 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 Marvin Gaye did? <laughs> like, are you like doing? Yeah, it's all me, and it's like I've got. I was telling a friend of mine who's also doing music. Like, <clears throat> I'm like struggling because I've got like a track, and this is kind of a crazy example. I have like a track that has like 250 tracks. Like, so a track being like. <laughs> piano bass guitar you know like if i was a simple person i would have like a band with you know bass drums guitar vocal and nice. I would just be nice you know and i mm -hmm. could i think i'm going to try that eventually because that sounds nice and simple but like <laughs> i'm doing things like every song to me is kind of like a different world and a different like i don't really start with any assumptions like this has to have a certain structure or has to have a certain instrumentation so like kind of like I was saying about these more like the um, experimental works I've been doing, like the song, even with the songwriting, like the song singer songwriting stuff that I do, like I'm letting the songs kind of tell me what, what the sound needs to be. So like one, one song will be like basically all synth stuff and like really precise drum, like you know, mm -hmm. percussion from a drum machine or something. Another song will be like really wild and like, you know, kind of like more acoustic. I've got a song that, turned out is turning out really lovely it'll probably be the first song i released that is based on uh like a riff that i played on one of these guitars like 10 years ago using a like a fan like a table fan to strum the strings so it's got this very like kind of like mechanical sound to it but then i built all this stuff around it like all these harmonies and drums and big bombastic shit so like you know i just kind of like every song kind of starts in its own way like i take inspiration from artists like bjork or um like tv on the radio um even prince like artists that kind of like kind of try to break the rules yeah. and another thing about this whole journey for me is like the more that i make music the less i i've been listening to music mm. like i really don't yeah. listen to new music as much except for like local artists and friends and like other amazing people that i'm connecting with but like I've really kind of lost track of like what the sound is now and what people are doing. And part of that's just cause I'm like really immersed in what I'm doing. And part of it's almost like intentional. It's like, I'm afraid to, I don't know if you guys ever feel this way in comedy. Like if, if you hear a good joke, you worry that like, maybe you might 
someday accidentally rewrite that joke yep. and then ah, you know, like I'm not trying to steal, I'm just trying to, you know, something stuck in the back of my head. And like sometimes with music I'm like afraid to hear like what Billie Eilish sounds like or something because I don't wanna like try mm. to sound like her. You know, I don't wanna try to sound like other artists. I wanna do me and so I've kind of receded into this weird little world where like I'm just kind of doing what's coming out of my brain and it's hard <coughs> to classify but I think it all kind of fits in a way like it sounds co coherent to me I think we'll see you know it's not a grab bag of styles like it even though it's kind of um, eclectic I think it kind of hopefully there's a unified kind of feel to it so you guys hopefully hopefully you'll listen to it next year I'll probably be releasing like a track at a time just so I can kind of keep like a rhythm going sounds um, good sounds good year, but yeah we do have a uh song that we want to play for everybody uh as well so let me bring that on up and let's uh let's uh, let's check it out yeah. <laughs> uh here let me adjust something really fast. and cisco is uh currently resides in the twin cities there we go oh Seriously? wow he does yeah he moved here to, like, you, you drew place. him there you brought him there mm -hmm. <laughs> there you go this is the fun song you got. Uh-oh. Does it not have to Oh, we need a volume. I don't hear anything. Yeah, I think the screen share at the oh. bottom when you share, you got to um, select the audio too. But like you have to um, do it, like come out and come back in. Like oh, okay. stop the share. And then when you do it again, there's oh, a spot okay. at the bottom. There you can kind of see a little bit of my studio, if you look at that. Uh, let's see, volume. Apologies. So, like, it would be, you would have to stop sharing the YouTube altogether. Okay, so stop sharing it? Yeah. Okay. Cool. And then, when you go back to share the YouTube, there's a button at the bottom. Uh, let me see. When you share. first open, that says share audio. Oh, okay. Oh. You see it? <laughs> yeah, okay. Bad. Yeah, no, because I've I, I've had that problem several times. All right, here we go. Now tell me if you can hear it. Everything sounds good. Mm -hmm. Sounding. Uh -uh. No. I hit the button. I know you did good. Maybe I can try, but I don't know if you can bring up my screen share. Yeah, I can. This is okay, cool though. I'm getting, I'm getting your your pet pumping up my views on on YouTube though. <laughs> right, and I see and then things. I, I mean, Nick, I remember when you were um, trying to get enough views to have your own um, to have your name in your do in your in your. Yeah, yeah. So when I saw it, I was like, Oh my gosh, we got it, we got it, we got it. I did got get there. It. Thank you. Were you gonna try sharing it, or did you want me to try? Yeah, doing it? I'm I'm doing it right now. Oh, okay. Uh, let me check. Yes. All, All right. right. Let me in. Okay. Can you hear? I can yeah. hear. You like to dance at the hip hop spots. See you cruise with the crews like a never dots. She's not just her, but she likes the pop. But she was living the vida loca. She had dumps like a truck, truck, truck. Dies like what, what, what? Baby, move your butt, 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 butt. Sing it again. <laughs> she had dumps like a truck, truck, truck. Thong, 
think you heard me <laughs> Thanks for playing that. This is the saddest song about underwear that I've ever seen in my life. Yes. I want to it cry was so good. It was gravelly. It was very saucy. Like it was like, you know, thongs should be seen. They That's should. just what should be happening. Like I feel like I wanted some brown liquor. Yes. And like I wanted like a piano like at a nice little smoky bar. Yeah, I need a cigarette after watching that. That's watching myself, which is weird. But... Right? Like yeah. yeah it, that's how I felt. Yeah, Dan I, said sweet and spicy. Well, that's song. There you like... go. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's like it's it's both. It's like you're gonna see the thongs fly onto the piano. That's why you need the black grand piano. For the thongs, but it's definitely a cigarette and brown liquor. <laughs> I ever like make that like into a mural music video like i will i will hit you up for ideas because that's something okay you know oh, that, michelle. i see michelle, Woo! That, that's my okay, michelle. Yes, yes. i wrote yeah i think about her when i think when i think, uh, sing the thong song but oh there you go you know that song like i you know i grew up listening to that song i love that song i know that arrangement of it is like very different in some way like it's it's you know, it's all slow and sultry, and even the chords are kind of like I kind of you know wrote some different chords for it. But like, I was thinking about it, and it's actually like, in a sense, it's highly I think kind of um, kind of true to the the vibe of that song, which is uh, always struck me as funny. Like, it's funny that he's singing about thongs and like you know thong to thong thong, but it's like he's so serious, right? And it's yeah, the right. seriousness about a, kind of an absurd topic. That I think is what I tried to capture there. I didn't even think about that till just now, but like, you know, like uh, that's what always kind of made me chuckle about that song. It's like, you know, it's it's got like cellos and like strings in it and stuff, and it's like he's <laughs> like really like you know, it's like a song about thongs, but he takes it like so seriously. And so I was like, can I do the same thing and like just kind of go over the top with it, you know? So that was yeah, you, you know, that you made it. The, you were the gentleman. Cisco was like, "Ooh, that dress so scandalous, and you know nothing can handle it." And then by the time the thong was like, "Let me see that," like he was yelling. Right. So like, yeah, you were like more like young lady. Right. Nick, Nick for present. Now, let me see it. What are you about to say? Sam? I think Sam, Sam. Yeah, Sam's gonna say something. It's like it's like your your lover died, and this is the song that you're singing, and you're like, "Where? Let me see that song." Like one last one. Bury me, bury me in a thong, you know. That's, you wanted that's... to be buried in the thong. I heard you, someone you tell me chafe. you don't want no chafing. Someone told me they wanted that to play at their wedding, but I never thought about a funeral. That's no, hundred percent. That will <laughs> yeah. lighten it up. That will lighten it up. <laughs> that's right. Definitely lighten it up. Nick got a question for you. Do you when yes. that? Um, even though Cisco obviously got the hit off that. Um, do you know who? Do you know the the name of the producers who uh, created that track for him? Oh, I, I, I remember because I credited I credited them in the in the YouTube like. Uh, so, the so there's a great story. The reason I ask is that I, it is a great story. So their names are Tim and Bob. Like mm. I I'm a huge Boys to Men fan. They used, they've mm. done a lot of production for Tim and Bob. I mean for Boys to Men. But that track was not for Cisco. Does anybody in here know the trivia of yeah. who that track was actually for? Come on, Nick. Oh. You know, have to, you have to know the story. Do you know the story? It was Is for he? Michael Jackson, right? Yes, exactly. They were they um they were trying to get um like as producers, you know, not Nick knows all this. When you're a producer, you create tracks and then you try to get artists to buy your tracks so that you can, mm -hmm. you know, you can get a, a placement on their album. So they created that track for Michael Jackson and it accidentally got put on like the DAC tape that they sent to Cisco. And when it and came like, back, I want this, and they couldn't say no. Yeah, I want that one. And they were like, no. And he's like, oh, you know, what? What, is, what will it take? But you know, anyway, yeah, they, just wanted to share that bit of trivia. Yeah, they were like, we accidentally sent the tape to the wrong guy, and he said he loved the song, and we'd break his heart if we told him he can't have it. So they just let right, him right, have right. It. I do, mm -hmm. I just don't know if I could picture Michael, and I love Michael Jackson. Let's get this straight. I love his music, but I don't know if I could picture him singing about a lady's underwear. 
Well, remember, there's no I'm lyrics. When they, this, though. So remember, there's no lyrics. Oh, when they okay. send the track, there's no music. Like the song, oh, okay. it's just it's just the musical track. So all they wanted oh, okay. to do was send the musical track to Michael and he and his people would, you know, oh, okay. write. So Cisco's said. was the thong idea. Yes, yeah, that was his oh, idea. Okay. Him and, and the folks that okay. he sat down and wrote with. Yeah. Okay, I was Cisco like, heard Michael. That. And he was like, there should be a thong on this track. Like this <laughs> That's divine inspiration. He heard that Nobody else would have thought through. that. <laughs> he was like, fuck. I am curious, though, yeah, what Michael would have done to that. That would have been interesting. Yeah. That would have been <laughs> it's, a, it's a really nice track. It would have been a great song either way, but I think the fact that it's about thongs just makes it that much more memorable, right? Like, right. That's the only, thong, the only song about thongs that I'm aware of sadly if you know of others let me know but also but, also the opportunity to have the intro where it goes ten, 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 and then <laughs> oh, like, yeah. there is something that can come together here yeah <laughs> yeah, I, yeah I, can, I can see it now sam i can see it can, you you convinced me <laughs> yeah it's a great song oh, yeah. you, you've sold me on it we that's are it, that's at... how i'm gonna be the producer's assistant Setting all these tracks. <laughs> we are at our hour, and we're definitely going to have to have you back on so we can discuss more stuff about music and yeah, all that awesome stuff. Um, do you have any shows coming up or anything that you want to promote? I I don't have shows because I've just been like in production mode. Um, but I have like um, there's this thing that happens every month called Bandcamp Friday. Um, Bandcamp is like an online music store. Uh, I haven't put any of my stuff on Spotify yet. That will be happening. But like for now, I've been selling music and streaming. You can stream music. All of my stuff's actually free on Bandcamp. But you can you can pay if you want. You can like buy the album or just even just like send a tip or whatever. <coughs> but, you know, and obviously Bandcamp usually takes like 5, 10, 20 percent or whatever they take. But on the first Friday of every month this year, they don't take any fees. So like the, every artist gets everything. So that it'll be the first Friday of December. It's kind of like a big day for me. I'm going to have, hopefully have this live album I've released, like re-released because I've polished the mix up a little bit. Um, and so I'm going to be kind of like promoting that and hoping people check it out. So that first Friday in December um, will be kind of a big thing for me pushing that out. And then I'll have that fourth EP in that series coming like around the new year. So, but um, yeah, no shows yet apart from maybe doing some streaming, but um, yeah. Yeah, and so the first Friday in December right. is December third. Just so everybody knows, December third is the is the date of the first Friday in December. And if you follow me on Instagram, or I'd, I'd love it if you you know follow me on YouTube or whatever. Anyone out there? I've also got a website and a mailing list. But anyway, if you're if you follow me, you'll hear about it. I'll be harassing you. So. <laughs> like, hey, over here. <laughs> <laughs> awesome, awesome. Uh, Sam, do you have any shows that you want to promote or anything going on? I have a show at uh, Mama's Shelter on the 18th. And some other show on the 22nd at Haha's. And that's really it. Oh, very nice. Very nice. Dana, do you have any shows or anything you want to share? Um, I'm at Pacifica, Pacifico Cantina out in Monterey <laughs> Park on Saturday, um, hosting mm -hmm. and doing material. Um, decided to do my Dow comedy grad show uh, on Sunday um, at seven. So Saturday is 8 p.m. Sunday is 7 p.m. And um, I've got a show, Besito, November 23rd. I'll have to just, if everybody could follow me. Besito, I, I think it means or something, Besito, it's like little kisses, or I don't know, I'm trying to, it's, it's a, I don't know if these ladies ask me to but, um, but, um, but for anybody in LA, Saturday and Sunday, you can catch me, like I said, Pacifico Cantina and Monterey Park or right in Koreatown at the Dow Comedy Studio on Sunday. Nice, very nice. Yeah. Very nice. So you're on the same show, uh, Saturday you're on the same show as Dan. Right, like I'm hosting. Like I didn't. Um, yeah, okay. I saw where he got his fly there because there, um, there's, there's like four, there's like three different hosts that night. So we all and we all had the book comics. So like I, when I saw it come up, uh, I was like, like, oh, good. So I, and I, I, yeah, I typed. I said, I'll see you Saturday, because um, I've been promoting my little segment. I guess I don't know two or three weeks now. Um, so I'm excited, and and I was just excited to you know see St. Dan is gonna be, and I'm Nicole Denise, one of our sometimes one of our visiting hosts. I actually tried to book her for my show, and then I looked up and I was like, girl, do you understand that the show you're on is the show I asked you? <laughs> and so, <laughs> so all the friends, we're gonna all be together on Saturday night in Monterey Park. 
Oh, Matthew Tran, let me see some songs. Some songs. Uh, we will have a replay here shortly uh, of the episode, but uh, we do have uh, the links over here in the chat if you want to hear some amazing music from Unendings. It's right on there. And you can rewatch this broadcast. It will be rewatchable here shortly. <laughs> and it will be on Spotify, too. Um, let's see here. Oh. There you go, Dan. See you Saturday. Yes, sir. See you Saturday. Uh, Victoria, you got anything going on? Anything you want to promote or anything you want to talk about? Nope. All good over here. Just right. en had thoroughly enjoyed. Forgot how much I enjoy listening to live music. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Unending. And every time the flyers come up in the memory, I just say those were life-changing times, right, Victoria? Right, Nick? The Biden-Harris shows. Every time those memories come up on Facebook, our flyer. <coughs> Yeah, it really made the pandemic, well, it's really, we're still kind of in it, right? But like um, that kind of quarantine era, you know, like yeah. really that was like a big highlight for me was getting to know you guys doing those shows together, kind of getting into that little community that you guys have. It was really cool. So, yeah, it was, it was awesome. I love, I love seeing you guys. Great to reconnect. Very nice. Very nice. Very nice. Uh, yeah, uh, myself, uh, not too much going on quite yet, <laughs> but I will say that uh, besides shows, I'm thoroughly excited for the return of Dexter on Showtime, for those who are fans of Dexter, a uh, huge fan here, uh, so excited about uh, catching up on that and some other stuff, but we will see everybody not this coming up Thursday, the following Thursday, where we will have an amazing guest and an amazing show. We want to thank everybody for tuning in and hanging out with us and having fun with us. We really appreciate it. We want to thank Unendings for coming to uh, play music for us. Thank, thank you. you so much. And everybody have a great day, a great week. We'll see you all soon. <laughs> have a great week, everyone. <laughs>